Coach Stacy, welcome back. Hey, always good to be back. Glad to be here, bright and early, by Cannon Usher on a Friday morning. That's right. We're doing it. We're doing something. Hey, it feels good to be awake. You know, get get ready for the day. Start our day with a little bit of a podcast session. You know, can't have a bad day if that's how it starts, right? No, you really can't. I don't think that you can have a, a bad one if you're if you're podcasting. No, no you know, I, no. I think it's a it's a good good thing that we're we're doing here. So what's what's new with you, man? With the so you can let listeners know what's going on. Yeah, uh, life has definitely been taking a turn pretty quick. Uh, wife and I got our first baby on the way here, coming up late April. Uh, we just hit the last uh, the last trimester this week, so now we're on to the every two week appointments. You know, all the tests have been coming back positive. Everything's been coming back great. You know, we're gonna have a little baby girl. Mm. And man, talk about having a lot to look forward to, which of course you're familiar with that world, but it's yeah, gonna it's be a new just, one for me. Just a couple times, uh, <laughs> but it's always it's always fun. There's no there's no way around it. It's always exciting. It doesn't matter if it's your first or your tenth. It's it's going to be a, a fun time, and it's just going to it's going to rock your world in a, in a good way. Yeah, you know, I've already started to come to some changes in my life. You know, realizing in some places where you know I'm not going to be doing some of the same things that I used to, and how that's going to sort of change up. You know, my lifestyle and stuff like that. But you know, it's all been like a welcome change. You know, I don't think I've ever been more genuinely excited for a change in my life than mm. knowing that, like, hey, I'm going to have the responsibility of taking care of this human being and loving her and raising her. And, mm-hmm. You know, I think you've mentioned it before. A lot of people kind of see children as, like, a maybe not necessarily a burden, but sometimes a little damper on things and, you know, kind of take away from their time and their well-being. And, mm. You know, but you've always mentioned it as, like, hey, children are a blessing. You know, and of course we read that, mm. we hear that at Catholic Mass, we read it in the Bible, whatever. But you know, that's just, that's all my mindset is. Because I know that this baby's going to be the greatest blessing to my wife and I. And just couldn't be more thankful for that. Yeah, it, kids are a blessing. And our society, to some degree, doesn't agree with that these days. But they need to read Humanae Vitae is what they need to read. <laughs> and, <laughs> right, right. And understand uh, by Pope Paul the Sixth. Uh, about how precious life is and how how blessed we are to be able to have children. I think that's man, yeah. I I think the people who are older than us understand that better than we do, in our generation at least. Yeah, and you know, uh, having children, it's you know, it's our chance to participate in. The same love that God had for us as he created man and woman in his image. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, humans, obviously, we are nowhere near to the capacity of God and what he can do. But, you know, we get this little tiny taste of what it means to truly experience God's love and to create life out of that. And I just think, you know, what a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it really is. And I know I've become a better coach after being a father. Because it helps, uh, helps me to realize what other, what parents are seeing when they send you their kid, right? When they send you their their player, and uh, they're sending you us their best, is and it's made me more patient. I know that I'm way more patient with now having five kids. What what's your what's your thoughts going forward to being a coach and being a being a parent? Because that that becomes a different a different world. 
Yeah, you know, that's something I've thought about a lot. You know, I started coaching when I was 22, and I've been doing it for over eight years now. And every assistant coach I've had has children. I mean, all of my assistant coaches have had children, and I mean, that's probably one of the biggest things I've been thankful for is having their perspective. I mean, we talk about our boy, Dr. Justin Bowers a lot. Dr. Bowers. And, you know, if I didn't have him to kind of check me sometime and remember, like, hey, like, mm-hmm. there are some things that we just don't quite see, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for me, I'm just really looking for, you know, having my own child. I expect to change my coaching to the extent of, you know, just making me more understanding of, like, where kids are coming from. Mm-hmm. I feel like I do have a pretty good perspective of, you know, the situation kids come out of or this, that, or the other. Mm-hmm. But, you know, have a little bit more of uh, just some humility, understanding, like, it ain't easy raising no, these kids you know not. I mean I get frustrated with these 16 17 year olds like what's wrong with you you know what I mean mm-hmm. like and hey I get it yeah you know? it's not always the easiest no it's not but it's definitely worth it you know what I mean like it's definitely worth the struggle because if everything was easy life would be meaningless it's like the cotton candy theory you know cotton candy tastes good but you can't eat that for every meal. You would have no, you wouldn't survive. <laughs> Your body would start to die. And that, we have to do things that are difficult to build us up and help us to become better people and become who God created us to be. And I think kids having, well, being married and then having children and doing it in God's order is, man, the way to, to help ourselves grow in sanctity for sure, become more like the Lord. <laughs> Oh, yeah, just become better people in general. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's the first thing I noticed. Like, the moment my wife and I found out that we were expecting and she was now pregnant, I mean, it just completely changed the foundation of our marriage. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way that I immediately started looking at her, just everything about how I viewed my wife, just, you know, my whole perspective changed and became such a more just... I don't think I've ever loved my wife more than I have as she, as we've gone through this. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I've ever been more in admiration of my wife than I have been during this pregnancy. Mm-hmm. You know, just seeing her, the changes her body goes through, you know, seeing the way that she handles that with so much, like, strength, mm-hmm. you know, being willing to take that on and understand, like, those are lasting changes. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've just stood there and all just... Women are something, aren't they? Oh yeah, way tougher than us. Uh, and yeah, it, it's watching a child to be born is well, it, even the process of getting there, being pregnant, and then seeing the child born. Yeah, buddy. I mean, that's a completely. It, I mean, we love our wives, and that's like the first and foremost call of, of being a husband. And then you see your child. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, that's that's my kid, and yeah, there's nothing there's nothing like that. I mean, coaching is the closest thing you can get to, in my opinion, coaching is the closest is the closest thing you can get to to having like a kid, air quotes. But it's not even in the same ballpark of actually having a child. No, and I mean, I've had athletes, you know, I've held insanely close relationships with. I mean, I have athletes that have graduated a few years out, and, you know, and some of them are my official buddies, or mm-hmm. I've had some of them come back and, you know, want to be a part of the program in different ways. In fact, you know, last week was my birthday, and actually had 
an athlete come down from Morgantown to hand me a birthday card. I mean, I was just oh, that's like, awesome. you know what I mean? And I'm so thankful for those relationships because I know that they have helped prepare me to be a good father. Mm-hmm. You know, they've made me more patient. They've made me more humble. And they've really just helped me understand, like, what kids are going through and, you know, how they can how their issues can best be addressed from the perspective of an adult, you know, mm-hmm. not always understanding exactly what they're going through, but, you know, just being able to be there for them has showed me, like, hey, you know, how to help take care of them and how mm-hmm. to get them to where they need to be. Yeah, and that's there's no book for that. <laughs> there's no book for parenting. If I could go back to my first year of coaching, I swear I would have. I mean, we all say it about everything, you know. We, our first year of teaching, the first year of teaching is always your worst. If you could go right. back after year 10, you totally would. Right. I mean, and it's no different with coaching, man. There's so many places I can look back and just, I wish I could apologize to Kim and be like, man, you were just one of my first, and I didn't know I didn't know what I was doing. I, I, I'm sorry. Oh, I, messed, yeah. I messed you up. But, you know, that's all a part of, like, mm-hmm. again, if we didn't go through the bad, I mean, you can't expect much good. Yeah, I'm reading – Jim Tressel's book right now, The Winner's Manual, and he talks about that in his book, where he's 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 recalling something he said to a player in his early years as a coach. You can tell it still tears him up, and I have the same thing with different things I said or did as a early as a young teacher as a young coach, and yeah, like but you have to go through that, like you said, you have to go through that to be better because right. if you don't go through those stages you don't have those learning opportunities and go oh my gosh I, <laughs> I'm embarrassed right. of that version of me and uh, but we have to give ourselves grace and I think we have to as, as more experienced teachers and coaches give other people grace because we went through that same thing too and it's trying to teach people and develop people to be better yeah, and I love what you said there about like giving ourselves grace. Um, I had a friend say that to me for like the first time. I don't know if anyone had ever told me in my life to give myself grace. And I had kind of just been going through a little rough patch like last spring towards the end of school year or whatever. And I had a friend just tell me like, give yourself grace. And I was like, you know, I like, yeah, like be honest in my mistakes, be honest in my mess ups, be honest in my failures of you know not being the man that I should mm-hmm. but you know understand that like my acknowledgement of being aware of that is what allows me to be better it's what allows me to not repeat those same failures mm-hmm. and I mean yeah just what a strong thing like give yourself that grace and you know give it to others too. understand mm-hmm. yeah you have to I guess you don't have to do anything but in order to move forward we have to say hey I acknowledge what happened, and then we just we go make it better, and and that's just the key to parenting too. <laughs> We're gonna mess this thing up. We're gonna mess up yeah, being a coach, being a teacher, being a parent. But then just keep going. You know what I mean? Just keep rocking it, and don't worry about what you can't control. You know? Yeah, I mean it's the pursuit, the pursuit of trying to be better. And, I mean, as long as I can believe that we're on that track and that's what we're aiming towards, then, you know, we're there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it's just so interesting to look back on former um, instances in my mind. Like, hey, I wish I would have done this better or that better. 
But then using those specific scenarios to say, hey, I'm going to do it like this going forward, right? Uh, especially parenting. I mean, my gosh, poor Abigail, our firstborn, like she got the worst version of, of this. You know, I just didn't know what I didn't know. And now trying to, okay, now number five, trying to get it and make sure that it's, it's, the best that, it's the best that it can be. And somebody's beating the door down outside. I don't know exactly what is you going know, on there. I do believe those are the balloons in Mr. West's oh. office being popped. Uh, Mr. West, our principal, is popping balloons in his office right now. So if you hear that in the background of the podcast, I apologize. Uh, but he is popping balloons. That's fantastic. So, yeah, people put balloons in our principal's office yesterday because he's awesome. And he's just going going to town on those balloons. It's, it's great. Um Oh, goodness. Jeez, that's great. <laughs> that's just, what a cool podcast deal. What's he popping them with? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I don't know if he's over just stomping them. If he's got ten pairs of scissors. I don't know, I don't know what know. he's doing. He's, he, he's getting them quick, though. They're going to be going fast. Dr. Doctor West over there. He loves the shout-outs. We give him in the podcast. Um, so, yeah, man. So, what's, what's, what's good in your teaching world, your coaching world, all that kind of stuff? You know... I mean, really, in the teaching world, I mean, hey, well, you know, to, we switched semesters, you know, got mm -hmm. fresh new faces, students, and I mean, of course, with that comes a all new set of challenges. Right. But, you know, this year's been fun. I already taught everything that I'm going to teach this year, so, you know, I've so already... So, how has that gone for you, being like, hey, I'm just, I'm doing it again for, for a semester? You know, like, as compared to last year, where we go from, like, blue day, white day. Mm-hmm. My white day classes were always better than my blue days because I had the day of that didn't work yesterday. All right, this is what I got to change when I'm working. Like, you know what I mean? Or, hey, I got to enforce this better. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's kind of just that same thing, but now it's just semesters, I guess. It's like, right. all right, we weren't really getting this last semester. Maybe I didn't really teach us too well. Okay, maybe look where I can, like, change this up. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's definitely been a different change. I mean, but... I'll say this, like, it was definitely refreshing coming mm -hmm. back from Christmas. I mean, not that I didn't miss my students from first semester, not that I didn't have really good relationships with them, mm -hmm. but, you know, it was it was nice to welcome in the new year with something new, too. New students, yeah, new faces, and, nice. I mean, okay. yeah, I mean, I've, I've enjoyed it this year. I mean, it's definitely been different, but I surely wouldn't say it's been a negative. Right. I, I mean, next year we won't do this because we're going eight periods. But it's it's more like a college setting, right? So in college, it's semester. So mm -hmm. you have a set of classes and a set of classes. And I know in college, I preferred that, right? So you get through and then you're done. And then hey, it's a new it's a new thing after Christmas, uh, which next year it won't be like that. But that's you know it's okay. Six one half dozen the other. But it's interesting you talking about it's like a fresh start. You know that you got a new set of students and all that kind of stuff. And I think a fresh start is always a good thing. <laughs> I mean, you know? honestly, to me, it feels like we have two school years now. Yeah, yeah, I'm, this year like, it's felt like that. It doesn't feel like this is just one long, continuous year. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we typically have the same students all year long. You just see them at alternating days. I mean, you still see them the same amount of time as what we are now. But, mm -hmm. And, I mean, from the student's perspective, I'm sure it was a welcome change, too, just to break up their monotony. You know what I mean? Not every day be the exact same, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think fighting especially post-covid in education fighting boredom monotony has become difficult uh, because 
what did we tell students for about two years? Stay at home, don't come to school, do what you want, and then get on school, do school for an hour a day. Right. And now getting them back in the school building eight hours a day, going to class, doing your work. Yeah, I mean, everybody's struggling right now with that. Everybody's struggling with chronic absenteeism and grades and but I think it's a worthy fight. I mean, we're, we're trying to get people back into what works. To where we know we need to be. Where we need to be. Because I remember I was listening to people talk during COVID about how, oh, this is a new normal. And I, I kept thinking to myself, this is not normal. Humans are not meant to do this. And no. it's not healthy. No. And I, I think we've all seen that now where we have to interact with people. And there's a certain way mm-hmm. things need to be done. That The way they've been done forever as far as schooling. I mean, people were saying, oh, public schools are going to go away. It's going to be all virtual. And I'm thinking, I taught a virtual class, and I can tell you, this ain't the way it's going to go. Or go well, because students really struggled in yeah. that class. And, you know, it's kind of like you are talking about, like, uh, you know, helping kids, like, build those social skills and stuff. Like, you know, we're not meant to be. No. Like, that's the number one thing. Like, humans were never meant to be created alone. Like, we were never meant for that. I mean, that's very obvious from the design of our creation. But in my psych classes right now, um, we just finished watching the Matrix movie. We do a unit mm-hmm. on sensation and perception and, mm-hmm. you know, how our senses help us interpret the world. You know, a little spoiler alert for those of you who have never seen the Matrix, but, you know, that's kind of the whole concept is, you know. Are we in the Matrix? Well, yeah, that, what that's I mean, what this my, one was like, oh! Yeah, so that's what my students are debating right now. Yeah. So, so that's actually, like, what they're getting ready to address in an essay response. Okay. It's, like, pretty much one could they be living in the matrix and if so like how could that be a possibility to mm-hmm. like could they ever see something like that becoming a reality but you know we were talking about um this apple vision pro have you have you seen all that mm-hmm. recently like yes and it's very strange to me but that doesn't mean it's strange it just means it, it just means it's strange to me right <laughs> yeah but you know i was just kind of mentioning like uh, we started talking about just social skills and stuff like that and how, like, you know, COVID hurt our social mm-hmm. skills and everything. And students, like, brought it up themselves. They're like, yeah, our phones is what, like, keeps us from being, like, social. And I was like, absolutely. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know, and I deal with, like, students all the time. You know, can't really look you in the eye. They always feel like if you try to talk to someone, just not even, you know, not if you're getting them in trouble, but, hey, you're just trying to give them a little life lesson. Like, mm-hmm. you know, kids, like, struggle to look at you in the eye. And I was like, you know. We start talking about this Apple Vision Pro stuff, and we're like, you know, what's that going to do? Like, when everybody got that strapped to their face, and everyone's, you know, going through their day to day, but also living in technically like another world because you got everything else going on inside yeah. them goggles. So it's like, yeah, you know, or is that a step towards the Matrix? You know, is that getting us closer to that plugged in alternate reality? Like, yeah, and not in a good way. I, it's a myth we can multitask. Right, we can't. It's impossible. The human brain can't do it. And I don't know that I could. It would be a good experience for me if I'm sitting at a dinner with somebody or trying to meet somebody, and they got those the goggles on. And are you paying attention to me, or is it the whatever's in your right, goggles? Right, watching the like NBA finals over here. Right, right, yeah. And I, yeah, that that cuts down on real human interaction. And I mean. The devil wins, man. Yes, man. Separates us further and further, right? I yeah. Mean, that's just kind of it. And, I mean, that's, you know, that's just what upsets me about, like, cell phone and stuff. And, I mean, man, I'm a doom scroller, too. I mean, I've been mm-hmm. so bitter with myself. Like, mm-hmm. 
you know, now that I go home at 3.30 and I don't have practice after school, you know, I find myself, especially now that it's dark super early, Yeah. you know, I find myself sit, going home, sitting on the couch with a dog, and then just scroll until my wife gets home. And I'm like, man, I could have written something productive. I could have, like, made the world better with this hour. Like, you know what I mean? And, man, it just distracts us from our full potential. It distracts us from what we are truly capable mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know for me this winter... Cause like you said, winter's winter's tough. Cause it's cold, it's dark. I I just like to read things that I don't know about or I don't understand. Uh, my thing has been I've talked about on podcast has been the Book of Mormon researching Joseph Smith. Cause Sergeant Linger, our PRO, is uh, a member of the LDS Church, and I do that every off season. I research something I don't know anything about. Not every off season. I mean, I, when people say every and all, it's not that we I've done it my whole life, but these right. past couple. Right, and then I just try to research things. I don't know anything about this, and I want to talk to people that think differently than me, not to change my core values, but to hey, what's good that I can take from that? From that, right? Mm-hmm. Because as a as a Catholic, I believe that we can take anything that's good, true, and beautiful, and yeah. So I just go take it. Like mm-hmm. hey, let's take that. I want to read that and um, live that way, and. Like we're vegans, and like Joseph Smith had a word of wisdom from the Lord that they should eat vegetables. I'm like, oh, okay, that's good. And then I don't drink coffee. I'm drinking the Celsius now, and I feel better because that's 200 milligrams of caffeine. Because I would drink coffee all day, right? And just feel like trash at the end of the day because I'm, you know, it's like too much caffeine. But anyways, that's just a long way to say. I think in the winter it's good to study things and build up our own library. And then, so in the spring, we can access, you know, like in the springtime of our life or when we're busy, uh, we don't have as much time to contemplate like we do now because it's, it's kind of slowed down, at least for me. Yeah, I mean, you know, when I was in college and stuff, I'd always talk about just how good it is to gather different perspectives. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes you a more well-rounded human being. I mean, if you can, under- if you can understand where someone else is coming from, mm-hmm. we can bridge the gaps between us. And I mean, so often in today's society, I mean, you turn on the news, it's left versus right, conservative versus liberal. I mean, it's uh, Catholic, yeah. It's America versus Middle East. It's, yeah. I mean, you know, there's all these divisions that just strike us apart. And, you know, I always start my class every year with the uh, message of about like having respect for each other. And, you know, when we are going to get into controversial topics where people are going to have differing opinions. The number one challenge I give to my students is don't listen to rebuttal the person. Like, don't listen for your point to prove them wrong. When you're listening to someone else, try to listen, try to like come at it from the approach of, I want to listen to you to understand why you feel that way. Mm-hmm. What life experiences has led you to this belief, you know? What in your life has brought you to that point? And I feel like so often we only listen to prove the other person wrong. And I mean, man, and how much do we lose by doing that? Mm -hmm. I mean, we lose the we lose the chance to gain more of a more knowledge, to gain a broader perspective. But even more so, we lose the ability to connect with each other Mm -hmm. because we just so quickly draw a line in between you and me. And Mm -hmm. you know, again, I just don't, I just can't believe in my heart that that is all at all what we were intended for. You know, I do believe humans were meant to live together. And, you know, I was kind of talking to you about it yesterday about, 
you know, my two favorite places where I feel God the most, you know, mm-hmm. one, two, three, Pleasant Street and the mosh pits, and then mm-hmm. the following morning, Sunday Mass. Mm-hmm. And why? Because I'm living in harmony with those around me. Mm-hmm. And I just know in those moments, like, hey, that's how life is meant to be. Mm-hmm. And I don't question any of it. Amen. I, <laughs> Nick Saban was talking to, uh, I think it was Jesse Jackson, when Nick Saban was at LSU, and Jesse Jackson looked at Nick Saban and said something to the effect of this is like heaven and Nick Saban's going you could smell the bourbon at the 50 yard line so he's asking what do you mean he said these people are here for a common purpose and like you said like we're here for a common purpose and we're together for a common purpose of good not evil obviously but for good I gotta think the Lord just smiles down at that that we're all in this we're going in the same direction right yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I think that can be found in so many places. I mean, you know, some people might get drawn to the fact that it all, oh, and they might get stuck in the idea that it's only at Mass or it's only at church or wherever that you can find these goods. You know, maybe it's only out there in nature on the mountaintop when you're just staring at God's green earth and all the beauty he created. But, you know, you can find that goodness in so many places if you just simply open your eyes to it. And, I mean, man, how often do we just not... Pretty often, for me at least. We just don't look for it, you know? Yeah. And I mean... The mystics have a lot of wisdom to me. Uh, when you when I research Catholic mystics or any kind of Christian mystic, you know, the Desert Fathers, a uh, lot of wisdom there. A lot of... They just got... They were still at the Lord speak. Or they went with, to be around other people and heard the Lord speak through other people. Because usually the Lord, I know for me, speaks to me through others, right, or circumstances. Mm-hmm. And it's like he's he's using the patterns of of life to, to speak. I heard Tony, Tony Robbins talk about identifying patterns in life. This was two nights ago. That hit me pretty pretty heavy. That was pretty cool. He's got some good stuff on that. Okay. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's really good. He's talking about seasons of life, winter, spring, fall, summer, like we were talking about. Oh, okay. That, that makes a lot of sense. You know, I'm curious, from your perspective, being a Florida boy, mm-hmm. coming up to, like, Appalachia, mm-hmm. does the wintertime affect you, like, differently than as it did growing up? Oh, yeah. Growing up, it's never really gets that cold. And here it's darker, it's colder. And that was hard a little bit in college when I was in, in North Carolina and Virginia. But now I really enjoy it because it's more of a time to slow down. And it's more natural. I tell you, a lot of people in Appalachia would get along better in the winter if they just took vitamin D. Agreed. Like, I talked to my doctor yeah. about that stuff before, and I mean genuinely, like, that is one of the, like, mm-hmm. most disregarded things about, like, our actual regional part of where we live. is like, mm-hmm. when you go from these really long, like, nights of it not getting dark until 8, 9 o'clock, mm-hmm. and you're spending all this time outside, and then you very quickly go from that to it's dark at 4 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Our bodies don't adjust very well to that. No. And when like your vitamin D gets cut off very quickly like that, yeah, that totally affects your mood. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, And my brother-in-law spent some time in Alaska. And, man, people have all kinds of mental struggles there because there's, the sun doesn't come up in the winter pretty much. It's dark almost all the time. And, yeah. You know, it's funny. The Russian opposition leader, uh, Alexei Navalny, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the big guy has always been pushing after Putin and everything and you know how he's been arrested for 
I don't whatever they called him extremist beliefs or whatever but like a few a month or so ago like his legal team like pretty much said like he had gone missing and they transported him to a different prison oh well yeah they took him up to the arctic circle uh, oh they took him up to one of the like most furthest north prison systems and he finally got a message out like last week it said uh i guess i'm your new santa claus or something like that oh my gosh <laughs> uh he said he was doing well but just the I mean, pretty much their whole purpose of moving him there was it's dark yeah, all the time. And they're going to try to kill his mood. Jeez. I... Russian history is a unique thing. There's an Alexander Sojanisky wrote a couple books about it. I gave one to a friend that I found that they were giving away in the library last year. Ooh, man. Man, there's a lot of interesting things there in Russian history. <laughs> Jeez. That's a long, long, long complicated history. Mm-hmm. It was the most Christian nation in the world there for a little bit. And then communism came in and just wiped that sucker out. I mean, it was Russian Orthodox. Right. And then just see you later. Like, uh, Dostoevsky wrote a bunch of books about, you know, the, their Christian nation and all that kind of stuff. And then communism just came in and that was one of the points was to get rid of Christianity, which is terrible. Um, I mean, the Orthodox has come back there, but yeah, man, Russia is a wild place. Yeah, it certainly is. You know, it's kind of funny. This past weekend, I actually saw a band from Russia called Messer Chups, just kind of like Messer a. Messer Chups. They were a Russian surf rock band. I mean, they've been around since the early 2000s. Mm. I think it's one of those things where. Not the original artist or even with the band anymore, but someone's just keeping on the image of like what oh, that sure. band was and kind of what their whole theme is. But I tell you, man, absolute shredders. Like oh, these dudes awesome. could have picked up and played for the Beach Boys any moment they wanted to. I mean, like oh it, wow, it's just kind of funny. And it, you know, it's again like sharing perspectives. Like mm-hmm. some things transcend culture, and like man, music mm-hmm. is definitely one of those things. I mean, like mm-hmm. we look at Russian versus American society. Probably not a lot of commonalities there. Right. But I mean, like, hey, we could speak the common language of music and still love each other. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that mm-hmm. was, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I was up at that show. Everyone is fully aware of the Russo-Ukrainian war going on right now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that wasn't what that was about. It was a place of love and acceptance. And I mean, you know, mm-hmm. we are up in Morgantown and, you know, me and my homies, my friends, all the, everyone else in the crowd, you know, we want to make sure those people feel welcome here. Mm-hmm. And I mean, regardless of what they got going on in their country, Hey, if they're going to come here, share their lives with us, share their music with us, then, hey, I'm blessed to be here to listen to it. And that's just how I know. That's beautiful. That's how life's meant to be, right? Yeah. How, how it should be. Yeah. That's awesome. Most certainly, dude. Mm, thank you for doing this this morning. Hey, absolutely, man. Always glad to be here. <laughs>